This episode of Internet Explorer contains adult themes and adult language. Um, we always say that this actually contains slur words that, you know, sound pretty shitty to hear. But yeah, um, Katie goes on a tirade halfway through, and we just we <laughs> couldn't turn it. We couldn't stop yeah, her. You know, she just. Whoo. Yeah, I'm, I apologize to everyone that I just was saying all those things. Um, we're going to talk about some some stuff about hate on the internet, and we're going to quote some words that are not nice, and I think you'll be okay with it. It's going to be fine. But just, you know, just a heads up. Just a heads up. Look, just, I just mean, putting it out there. We've made it this far through the show without any sort of racial slurs, and I think that's really admirable for a show about the internet. So <laughs> uh, come on down the hate tube. And let's talk about Nazis. Welcome to BuzzFeed's Internet Explorer. I am Brian Roderick. <laughs> <laughs> I am Nady Katopoulos. Nice. We we both are employees at BuzzFeed. Yes. This, this is a, a podcast about the internet. Done by BuzzFeed. Now we've gotten all that uh, formality out of the way. <laughs> let's talk about what we're talking about this week. Um... It's a really, it's a really big time uh, on the internet to be a Nazi. It's springtime for Hitler on the internet. Step aside, choking yourself to get high and vaping and hoverboards and Jason's Sartorio or whatever that kid from last week was called. We're talking <laughs> about the new hot teen trend, which is being a Nazi. Yeah, being a Nazi is the new butt chugging cough syrup. <laughs> this week we have two very special guests. We have Cooper Fleischman and Anthony Smith, who are from Mike.com. And they're talking about an article they wrote last week basically exposing a Nazi conspiracy to find the Jewish conspiracy. Yeah, Nazis and people believing in Jewish conspiracies have been around for a bazillion years. This is a really fascinating new thing that is so specifically just about the Internet. It's weird as hell. It's going to blow your mind um, that people are doing this. You know, for the record, also, like, you know, we're kind of, you know, yeah, I'm, Ryan, I'm finding myself in this weird position. Because you're, you're, you're a white supremacist and you have to kind of treat this objectively? <laughs> well, yeah, we keep laughing about this because right. there's something about, like, Nazis, on like, people being Nazis that is just so stupid. It's goofily funny to me. It's so like it's goofy. Yeah, it's so silly. But you know, I think we should make it clear that it's also not funny, and we take this seriously. And you know, yeah. anti-Semitism on the internet, racism is like horrible, and is a real thing that threatens a lot of people. But there is something about the way that this is actually playing out that is. So it's like almost just goofy. I was thinking about how a lot of times on this show, we have to be very articulate about our own backgrounds with being very prolific Internet trolls. Um, some might say that the two greatest Internet trolls of all time are, would be you and me. <laughs> you know. Yeah, we've been perpetrating a troll for 16 months now yeah. called Internet Explorer Podcast. Exactly. But we, you know... There's a line in which being a troll for shock value becomes being a racist troll to being an abuser to being a harasser to being a hacker and then turning into just literally, you know, a fucking Nazi. It made me think about how we're in this really weird space right now where 
that line is so gray and like that the slope is so slippery it's a weird thing where it's it's it feels like it's a, a such a new generation uh, of nazis on the internet yeah but yeah i mean i think that you know what you and i think of as like early mid 2000s 4chan it's full of racism it's full of all these shocking terrible things that people say and you know you always sort of took it with a grain of salt i remember raids i remember raids that 4chan would hold on Stormfront, which is the biggest neo-Nazi message board, and they would go and, like, post shit to make the Nazis mad because the old Nazis were, like, so easy to piss off, and it was fucking hysterical. So there was a right. point in time where they were, against, you know, they were at odds with each other. You know, the way I always interpreted it was, like, it's not necessarily that these people endorse what they're saying, but they're kind of... This is how they keep outsiders out. Right. Is they scare them off by saying the worst possible things... And only if you, and then they, you know, only people who, who can hang can can stick around. Um, and that most normies are going to get scared off when you say, you know, when you say to a girl who posts tits or get the fuck out, um, or you post a picture of gore, or you say, you post a picture of Hitler and say, I love this guy, yeah. or you use the N word. You know, 99% of people are going to be like, this is horrible, I'm leaving. And the 1% that stick around, those are, those are your people. Um, it's not necessarily that they believed everything they were saying, but they, that's how the community worked. You actually, you actually did that to a member of our cool, gross stuff Slack room today. <laughs> um, I did it. You know what? It's, this is even worse. I did it on my, uh, you know, my weekend Sunday afternoon. I posted an extremely graphic picture of a penis with blisters on it. Um, yes. Just to, you know, a, a new Pop member blisters. had joined. And I wanted to make sure that he could hang. And he couldn't. He left immediately. Oh, he did he? Yeah. No, he goes, <laughs> oh, he, he got up this morning, saw that you had put a bunch of photos of like popped blisters on a dick. <laughs> and he said, LOL, I am so out of here. And then he left immediately. <gasps> wow. Ryan, did you invite him though? Hey, look, I just thought maybe we could have a new friend, get some new blood in the slack room. But anyways, so yes, um, there there is now this bizarre completely gray area of real Nazis, shock value Nazis, idiot kids, and just like trolls all milling about. And our guest this week, Anthony and Cooper, wrote an article on Mike.com sort of lifting up the uh, the rock in, uh, on this whole phenomenon and figuring out that Nazis were using a basically a Chrome extension to track writers that they thought were Jewish on the internet. We have joined us Anthony Smith, the editorial director of news at Mike. Hi, Anthony. Hi, Katie. Um, and Cooper Fleischman, editorial director of Tech Mike. Hi, Cooper. Hi, it's nice to be here. Thanks for coming on, guys. We have lots of cheery things to talk about this week. Oh, yeah. Yes, yeah, seriously. So when you pronounce our names, it's important that you have a cheesy echo sound effect. We're going to have Julia add that in, right? Yeah. Yeah, Julia, can we, can we just do a, a quick sample here of Cooper Fleischman? Nice. Yeah. So you two discovered a thing that was happening, uh, a sort of secret code that people were using. What What do you call it? Echoes? Yeah, we've been calling it echoes. In the simplest terms, what did you stumble across? What is this echo thing? Okay, so it started with the story about people having sex dreams about Donald Trump. Of course. Oh, yeah. Like all good um, things. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
right? Exactly, yep. which is more common than you think. And we spoke to a psychologist who talked to us about, hey, like this is actually real and people are coming in, you know, dreaming about weird sexual scenarios with Trump. And then what happened was a guy named Milo Yiannopoulos, who is kind of like the right-wing agitator at anti-PC dude at Breitbart. He's the Joffrey Baratheon of the internet. Totally. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> he tweeted the story and said, hell, I dream about having sex with Trump all the time. It's great. Love it. Love sex with Trump. It's wonderful. <laughs> and then his people, he has like this great cult following of former Gamergate people and a lot of young, um, rebellious conservatives. And they discovered it and they discovered Mike and they discovered that Mike.com has some progressive values. So these trolls went through our masthead and pulled out every Jewish sounding name and put those names in these triple parentheses. So it's like three parens, Fleischmann, three parens. And then this just, you know, a mass following of conservative, like white nationalist trolls descended upon us tweeted out all of our photos and our names, and we were like, what the heck's going on? Yeah, so I've been looking at um, white supremacist symbolism for a really mm. long time now, So, and I, I'd never seen these parentheses before, and it seemed like, just based on how it was used and what followed after that, it, it mm -hmm. looked a little coordinated. So we looked and we tried to search the symbol, and Twitter literally told us that it, the search engine that was available to users couldn't actually search the symbol. Oh, shit. Um, we searched triple parenthesis was was our next query, and we found so you, a, you literally typed out the word the words triple parenthesis, triple, parenthesis. Yeah. Okay. triple brackets. And what we found was that there were a lot of people that were scratching their heads over the course of about a year and a half saying, what does this thing mean around my name? Someone used it at me and then abuse followed. But Cooper, can you just like sort of explain what the echoes are and, you know, what they look like and what this means? Yeah. So it's. Three parentheses, it'll go around a name, so it looks like the name is actually physically reverberating. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, and what that reverberation signifies is the way that Jewish names and, and the crimes attached to Jewish names mm -hmm. um, echoes throughout time for anyone smart enough or racist enough to listen to, for it. Oh for, oh, for God's sakes. It's a way for anti-Semites, white supremacists, neo-Nazis, that whole group of people to identify and target Jewish people and other people who push an anti-white agenda, in, in their words, uh, for abuse. Gotcha, gotcha. You know, how did you find the origin? Um, so... We reached out to a person who is connected to a guy named Weave, or who's known as Weave, or Andrew Arnheimer, who's like, you know, this kind of like hacker troll cult hero who has been involved in white nationalist politics for a while. And he was like, yeah, it came from this uh, podcast <laughs> called uh, Internet Explorer. Just kidding. <laughs> it's, called, uh, it's called The Daily Shoah. Shoah is in Holocaust. Oh, clever. White supremacists seem to love puns. <laughs> oh, yeah, they have senses of humor, too. They're just like us. <laughs> um, and actually, there's a big um, part of this alt-right troll group that are, like, they're from 4chan, and they know the internet really well, and they just, like, genuinely get internet humor. Right. Um, but the end result was, you know, they're all, the effect is the same, whether or not the trolling is serious or whether or not, like, the, you know, people actually hate Jews. The effect is that, Jewish writers, Jewish people on Twitter, usually Jewish writers, often Jewish women writers, and often people who write about Trump are swarmed with 
death threats, um, you know, these like anti-Semitic cartoons from Der Sturmer, um, like, you know, the, like the black and white caricature of the mm-hmm. Jew, it's like hunched right. over and he's cackling and he's like, mm-hmm. how am I going to control the world with my secret cabal? Um, you know, we just, yeah, we get a, we get a lot of stuff like this. So I, I just want to go back for a second. So the whole point of this whole triple parentheses thing is that it's a way for these anti-Semitic people to sort of, um, I think the phrase one of them used was belling the cat, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To it's a sig- dog whistle. Yeah. To okay. signal to their other buddies this person is Jewish. Right. It's like pulling down your pants and like saying, saying like, here's a circumcised penis. Like, it's like, here's a, <laughs> here's a gold star. It really does the exact same thing. It just identifies Jews on Twitter. But, but it's, it's, it's not just uh, to identify Jews. It's to identify Jews and what they represent. Each paren uh, stands for a different thing that Jews are guilty of and that they're getting away with according to this group. So, if you want to read this, sure. this is what someone wrote to Thank you. Thank you it's so much. <laughs> yeah, that, that totally is the quote. Uh, we got, the, I mean, we got this quote from uh, the Right Stuff blog, which is run uh, pseudonymous, uh, pseudonymously. Am I saying that? It's run pseudonymously. Mm-hmm. The inner parentheses represent the Jews' subversion of the home and destruction of the family through mass media degeneracy. The next parenthesis represents the destruction of the nation through mass immigration, and the outer parenthesis represents international Jewry and world Zionism. So, Jesus you know, Christ. this is a public service. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, there's nothing more that I love uh, than a good secret code. Yeah. It's beautiful. Um, <laughs> so one of the things that I think is really funny about this whole concept is the idea that these people are so pleased with themselves that they've been able to crack the insidious Zionist code of what a Jewish last name sounds like. <laughs> um, Cooper Fleischman... Echoes, 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 echoes. Are you are you Jewish? Actually, my mom is not Jewish. My dad is Jewish. Okay. So technically, no. But you have a, a Jewish sounding last I name. I have a Jewish sounding name. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And Anthony Smith, you have a very white sounding name, but you are actually not white. No, I'm Filipino, and, and I was raised. Um, I guess you know Filipinos would call it Filipino Catholic, but it's Catholic in sort of the Spanish mm-hmm. tradition. Um, I I thought I was I wanted to be a cardinal for um, oh, wow. most of my life. It's, it's how, <laughs> and it's, instead, yeah. here you are. Yeah, yeah. no, instead you're a to- <laughs> tech vlogger, totally gay, and and. <laughs> um, Anthony, since you have this very white-sounding name, but you are not white, do you notice that in these circumstances you sort of pass undetected amongst these racist trolls? Or do they figure it out? Undetected is uh, my avatar. Unlike their avatars, which are mostly pictures of girls from uh-huh. anime, um, my <laughs> avatar is is me. Yeah, okay, so, so, so they so can tell from looking. They can they can tell uh, uh-huh. that I'm I'm this like uh, you know most people try to like figure out what race I am. It's yeah. been this this thing my whole life. But um, a lot of them uh, think that I'm Latino and Mexican, and that's where my grudge is is coming from. Ah, okay. um, and the rest of them the rest of them I mean they figure out I'm gay, so so I get called. Um, a faggot a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, they've. Uh, I, I have a mustache um, in my avian in real life, and, and they they called it a cum catcher. A lot of them. <laughs> so it's uh, wow. it, they get they get more creative. It, it, it's more to do with my appearance okay. and, and how my race ties into that. I I have to imagine though that this must be very frustrating for them, and really throws a monkey wrench into their understanding of the whole last name system <laughs> um, to to match up Smith yeah. with your avatar. Then I feel very sorry for them. And if you're a neo Nazi out there. 
I would like to apologize on the behalf of Anthony Smith and his family, who have made your life a little bit more difficult. You really confused everybody. <laughs> but the one thing that unites Anthony and me is that we're both ovenable, which is yes. the which is the phrase used. Holy pretty God! Frequently we, describe yeah, us. we've we've committed an ovenable offense. That's um, yeah. well, if by that they mean that you're both hot, then you are. If oh, what nice. they mean is that they'd like to toss you in an oven, then I I apologize for that. That's an awful thing for someone to say. We'll be back after this break. Yeah, see ya. See you later. So my question is, you, uh, when I was a community moderator for BuzzFeed a while back, um, every time one of our stories would get picked up by the Drudge Report, we would get raided by Stormfront, and I was on comment moderation, so like I would see all these Stormfront dudes come in. But other than that, I sort of felt like Nazi internet was completely separate from like mainstream social media internet because I sort of got the impression that like Nazis and white supremacists and like old school, you know, in the back room racist kind of felt like the internet was like the social media was lame. So my question for you guys is like, what do you think about like the generational divide between like, as you put 4chan trolls and like possibly ironic meme filled racist idiots and like the actual like neo-Nazi internet? Uh, one thing I'll say about that is that, um, the one thing that's changed over the last couple of years is Donald Trump. And ah. right now, both of these groups have kind of formed this loose coalition and they're all uniting around one candidate who kind of represents everything that they hold dear, you know, whether or <laughs> right. not they take it super seriously. Um, and, you know, like we spoke with the Southern Poverty Law Center and we spoke the, to the Anti-Defamation League. And the one thing that, you know, that everybody said was like, this is all happening because, you know, or kind of like this has been exacerbated by Trump and his, you know, kind of racist rhetoric and the fact that he won't denounce white supremacy. He won't denounce uh, the racism coming out of his camp. They said, like, this is the most hate speech they've seen in response to a campaign in 16 years. Wow. Something like that. So, you know, I think that's the that's the biggest factor that's kind of united the generations and everyone else. <laughs> That's very that's united the generations. It's beautiful. I was on the uh, I was on the National Socialist subreddit, and one of the posts was "No memes as titles, please." This is a isn't a sub associated with the chans use grown up language, and it's like this incredible like look into like the, the just a fucked up internet world where like these ironic meme kitties are like actually talking to like real live Nazis, and it's. I just, I don't even know how to wrap my head around it. <laughs> right, it's hard to distinguish, too. It's not like when I was your age, I had to walk 15 miles to commit a hate crime kind of thing. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. It, it, yeah. I, yeah. My suspicion based on just like someone, I, I grew up on 4chan, not on B though, on like the, the paranormal board, admittedly. <laughs> really? Yeah, no, that board, that board is so, that board I thought of, of racism and sexism and homophobia aside, which is, you know, mm -hmm. a lot of stuff to push aside. Like the 10% that wasn't was actually, I thought, pretty cool. It's I like, feel like that makes a lot of sense considering that you wanted to be a cardinal at one point, like believing in a lot of like, Totally. You know. So like when like my faith became more secular, it just became mm -hmm. like ghosts are real. <laughs> um, so, it's a no, good transition. Totally. Yeah. So, so I, I think that like just hearts aren't in it. I mean, for a lot of these, these people are probably young, like they mm -hmm. use 
memes in this like way that is like both scathing but also totally ironic. Like I think this, I think that this racism, sexism, sending rape threats, um, sending death threats. As Cooper said, obviously the effect is totally the same. But like for a lot of these 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 young people, it's probably the edgiest thing they've ever done, and it's mm-hmm. like their way of. You know, even if it's not what it stands for, like Trump does represent this panacea to like PC culture gone awry. And so this is like an edgy form of protest for them. So it's like they agree this generation, young people, the alt-right agrees with the how, but like the older generation of like hardcore racists that actually have this in their hearts agree with the the what he's saying. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, it's sort of like, you know, you, you, you can't just be sitting in like a KKK uh, rally, sn- like trying to explain Snapchat, like it's just old school IRL racism, as like I understand it, is just so at odds with you know you you know the racist memes you see on Facebook. But because of Donald Trump, we're now getting into this like weird like racist generational soup. And these people really do feel like they're a counterculture, and they also really feel persecuted, and they feel like Trump has tapped into this. Um, this like white insecurity so well that you know what the alt right has in common is like they feel like they they're showing the world how Jews have colluded to control media to control politics and insert and I quote anti white bias <laughs> and pro Hillary bias in the messages that you see in the world mm-hmm. so that's why they created this Chrome extension. Oh yeah, so talk about talk a little bit about the Chrome extension. Yeah, it, it's so funny because both of these things came to us in the exact same way, which was someone abusing us, but also sort of bragging about their system or, or tools. <laughs> of abuse. So we searched that person's page for um, the word plugin, and we found from a couple months prior that person named the plugin, which is where the name came from, coincidence detector. Uh, we searched the Google Store for it, and we found it. One of the things, I mean, this sort of goes without saying a little bit, um, but one of the things that feels extra insidious about this particular thing is that, you know, racism exists in the world, and we know that. It does. It, it feels like a threat, right? Like, it feels like an implied threat. That yeah, they're definitely. Like, we, have, we have figured you out, we have researched right. you, yeah, and, and like, we And, like, literally, are... like, what, they'll say, we know who you are. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's what this is for. And, yeah, and it, it feels close to doxing, which, you know, the thing about doxing is that there is an implied threat. Definitely. Right? Yeah, that, and I don't the... think they realize that. Like, some of the responses we got from people who are using the, the parentheses mm-hmm. is, we use this for identification, not harassment. Right. They're trying to expose a conspiracy. They really think that they are fighting the power by exposing Jews. Mm -hmm. They really think that Jews control the world. So on one hand, they might be saying, well, I'm using this as a way because I think that this writer is going to have bias in what they write. And so I'm saying, beware, this this author is biased. And, you know, people might do that across political affiliations, too. If you're like, if you read an article and you know it's by someone who's a conservative writer, you might say, well, I know this writer is conservative. I mean, Katie, identifying bias was the bullshit beginnings Mm -hmm. of Gamergate. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And what I think, what, what sort of shocked me the most about this story you know, it had a lot more in common with like actual physical neo-Nazi rallies and the imagery of KKK rallies and, you know, IRL white supremacism in a way that like shocked me. What I want to make clear is that this harassment is very real and like, you know, the Internet is full of jokes. But what the serious stuff that happens to people when they're identified by these parentheses, it gets really serious. Like they'll call your house and play, you know, like play sounds of like people getting executed, play Jesus sounds of Hitler Christ. speeches. 
um, you know, like they will find your personal information, contact your family. It gets really mm. serious. It gets really, really serious. Right. And like the kind of stuff that they told me, which is like, oi, Gavalt, we're going to need bigger ovens, quit journalism, get tossed from a chopper. Tossed from a chopper. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a strange one. Oh, this is good. I'm Wait, gonna, if I'm if gonna, anything, that's a pretty cool way to die. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, yeah I, I want to die. Falling out of a helicopter. And mm. I'm going I'm to use the K word here. I apologize. But new male kikes will get the rope. I got a lot of what that. Is, what is new male? I don't even know. And it's N-U, like new metal. Oh, no. That's, oh, like, that's what I'd be pissed about. I'd be pissed about being identified as a new metal fan. Maybe it's kind of <laughs> saying that like you're like a male feminist or, you know, that, that yeah, kind no, of Yeah, no, I think male. it's like calling me a cuck, I think. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. As long as they're not saying um, that you like corn or Limp Bizkit or something in 2016, because like that, I, I'd draw the line there. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, some of the reaction from these people to the article you published about it? Oh, God. Were they upset that their secret language had been revealed? They were psyched, right? It was a little of column A, a little of column B, right? Because they're 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 psyched about it, but mm-hmm. they do also have one less toy. So the reaction sort of reflected that. It was this, fine, I didn't want, want to use that anyway. In fact, <laughs> you're doing me a favor by taking it away from me. But, like, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's just, it, it's sort of all over the place, uh, and it speaks to just how irrational, frankly, these people are. Mm-hmm. It's like when your favorite band gets signed to a major label. It's like, I don't care. It's, they sold out anyway. <laughs> I don't want that Chrome extension. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so the, the most recent development in this is like after you guys sort of exposed this sort of thing, people started to put the parentheses around themselves on Twitter. I saw this. I've seen this more and more over the last week. And, you know, in this effort to rustle people's jimmies, do you think that the wave now of people trying to combat this by owning it and sort of embracing it and sort of trying to change it, do you think that is going to upset them? Or do you think like acknowledging them in any way sort of gives them what they want? And then if so, how do you how do you deal with that? No, I think this was a good way. Uh, I, I, I love that people rallied behind this. I'm so happy because um, like the effect of this is ultimately that it obscures the racist meaning of this symbol when everybody is putting it around their names and really like actively using it to like actively reclaiming it. it it's totally like obscuring the original message of it. Do you think that uh, the, like the lid being removed from this community, so to speak, and this uh, this Donald Trump cauldron of slime and garbage that is now just all over the internet do you think it will ever go back to the days of like stormfront being completely by themselves and sort of like leaving the rest of twitter and facebook alone or do you think we're just we're, this is this it's we can't put the cat back on i think now that there's one of the most powerful people in america are actually giving these people a voice and representing what they believe and like with such a huge platform you know uh it depends on where he goes in five six months you know, if he like scurries away and hides under a rock, then I think this group will too. Well, I'm depressed. Uh, thanks, guys. <laughs> uh, basically, I just hope that the reptilian overlords that are actually running the earth will step in and get rid of Donald Trump so we can go back to unifying and stopping them and, you know, not, not doing all this dumb Nazi shit. I'm voting for Cthulhu. <laughs> uh, but thank you guys for coming on. Thank you so much for having us. Cooper Fleischman and Anthony Smith, both from Mike. Thank you again so much. Before I finish this episode about Nazis, I need to I need to spin a little yarn for you and tell you about this erotic picture of a horse that I came across last week. A reporter for BuzzFeed France came across uh, the origins of this really viral image. It's a cartoon horse, but you can see the bones of the horse. And directly underneath the horse, where where the horse's penis should be, 
is a is a human man bent over like a horse and you can see the bones in his body too and this image kid you've seen this image it's been all over the place right yeah, you can tell it's from a textbook, like a sort of anatomy thing. It looks like what it's meant to show is the reason that a horse walks on all fours, but a human doesn't. You know, their their shoulder bones are much longer, whereas right. our bones are short. Yeah, but but when you look at it, it looks like the horse is fucking the man. Right, because the man is tucked underneath the horse yeah. the way they drew it. So it's like, a, you know, a horse and then a man on all fours tucked immediately underneath, but positioned right near the horse's crotch. So a reporter for BuzzFeed France named Jules Darmanin found the origins of this horse picture, and we wrote about it together in English. We published it on BuzzFeed. And then it was blocked by Facebook, and everyone who posted it was flagged for pornography, and a social media editor for BuzzFeed was banned for 24 hours simply for posting (laughs) our article about it. It was totally oh fucking crazy. Oh my god! Yeah. Wait. So the thing that finally took for Facebook to ban BuzzFeed, yeah, was for someone to write an article about a textbook picture of a horse that had been going viral. Yeah. I fuck. I fucking love the internet, Ryan. It's amazing, and we're gonna have uh, a little longer version of that story next week because I'm gonna be working out of uh, BuzzFeed France's office next week, which also means if you are a French listener of this podcast and you have some dying viral content that you want to hear uh, with your ear holes on this podcast, uh, hit me up. Hit me up on uh, the old Twitter or the email, internetexplorer at BuzzFeed.com. My Twitter is at Broderick. Or the the new BuzzFeed Slack, which is called IE420 Meme Lords. There's so many fucking handles for this stupid show. Anyways. <laughs> Find us on the internet. Like, just Google Internet Explorer. It's a it's a Googleable name. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> we have the worst marketing for anything. Like, everything is a different name, and you can't Google us. Fuck! How did you even find this show in the first place? God damn! You guys are great. Thanks for listening. <laughs> I want to thank Anthony and Cooper for being on the show. And if producer Julia was a a sexy horse picture, she would be a picture of a horse like wearing pajamas. She'd be like one of the pajama horses that you see sometimes on Google. Google that. You should Google that. Ooh. Thanks also to Eleanor Kagan. If she was a sexy horse, she would be the the horse that made the rounds a couple uh, days ago with this long, gorgeous, lustrous black Mm. mane. She has beautiful curly hair. If Meg Kramer was a sexy horse picture, she would be the one I drew of uh, Pinkie Pie and Applejack from My Little Pony going on a date together down by the creek in Equestria. It's not sexual, it's romantic. Uh, so don't get any ideas. And thanks to Noriko at Argo Studios, if she was a sexy horse, she would be this really glorious, lustrous, sort of caramel, like almost golden white colored oh, yeah. uh, horse that is, just sort of Google it. It has a weird, funny name for whatever that is. Wait, that are you describing an is, actual but... horse picture? Like, or are you just making up Yes, horse? I am. Oh, wow. Um, wait a minute. There actually is a uh, 2012... BuzzFeed article written by moi uh, entitled The Prettiest Horse in the World and it's just a bunch of pictures of this beautiful horse. Oh, oh, producer Julia just sent me the photo of the horse. It looks like, uh, it looks like, like, um, a really beautiful couch from the 40s. 
like the kind of couch your yes. grandmother would have, and you could envision what it looked like when she first got it, you know? Katie, I think we should read this article you wrote in 2012 because, oh my God, what the f- <laughs> This article's good. Okay. This is when I used to be good at creating internet content. This is headlined, The Prettiest Horse in the World. The deck is, That mane, that tail. Why is this horse so pretty and shiny? Is it photoshopped? I don't know. It's from some Russian horse site. And then the, <laughs> the body text is just, Behold, the most beautiful horsey to have ever clopped. You luminous vision. I don't understand your body, but I like what I see. Your silvery coat dazzles. Those baby blues. You should be best in show, you sexy filly. What a classy <laughs> strut. Trot, trot, sweet pony. It just goes on like this. Your owner wears yep, such inexplicable yep. angel wings, but you are the angel horsey. Frolic in the snow, beautiful mare. Oh my god, Katie, how much did you write about this fucking horse? Oh, you cheeky horsey um, hiding behind the tree playing coy. An international beauty! Work that camera, <laughs> you supermodel horse. Clop into my heart, you fanciful equine. Wow. Were you okay? Yeah, I used to be good at content. <laughs> I mean, for the record, th- this, this post received a Pizza Hut garlic bread <laughs> badge and did over 100,000 views, so... Uh, in 2012, this was pretty hot content. This is this podcast is now known as Donald Trump's Internet Explorer. Yeah, this is yeah Donald Donald uh, tr- Trumping through the web with Ryan and Katie. <laughs>